The Brothers Mysterium. Bonus content. It's that time once again for another bonus episode of The Brothers Mysterium. And this is an interesting one. This show actually was originally slated to be the season two premiere. Uh, It's a topic that we deal with all the time which is skepticism. So we thought it would be cool to do a show all about skepticism, healthy skepticism, more importantly, uh, and just the different arguments that we come across with hardcore skeptics and people that are super open-minded and where we fall. And whenever we talk to anybody about this topic, as I'm sure any of you do, when you bring up the paranormal, the supernatural, there's always some skepticism involved. To what degree? It always changes depending who you're talking to. But in the end, this episode was uh, a little different than what we originally thought it would be it didn't fit the usual flow of the show so it kind of got bumped and we figured that since it's such a interesting topic such a common discussion uh argument even depending on who you're dealing with we thought it'd be cool to release it as a bonus episode so here it is welcome to the brothers mysterium I'm Tommy. He's Eric. Hey, yo. want to thank you for listening. Thank you for all your support. And we're going to kick things off with an interesting episode, probably a very controversial episode that I'm sure will piss off a lot of people. But it's got to be said, we always tell the truth. That's what we do. That's why we're here. And uh, I'm going to start off with a little tale of adventure. Um, first, I don't want to disappoint any of the lady listeners, but I'm going to drop a bombshell. I am married. What? I know. I hope our ratings didn't just take a dip. Um, And the wife and I, not too long ago, went to Charleston, South Carolina. I went there just for a little vacation, but whenever one of the Mysterium brothers or both are united somewhere, as you know, we always try to check out any local haunts, any hot spots of paranormal activity, any local lore, just to get some local flavor, as it were. So we went to the old Charleston jail. Uh... It's one of the most haunted places in the South. Um, Some people say it's one of the most haunted places in America. It's got a a long history where it was obviously a jail um, with, you know, terrible conditions. People were treated poorly. Um, It's been around for a very, very long time. So it has a long history of terrible conditions. It was used as a Civil War prison camp. Uh, so a lot of death there, a lot of disease, a lot of terrible things going on. So it has a very sordid past, but there's one thing that it's really, really known for, which is a woman named Lavinia Fisher. She's super famous. And what we did was we went on a ghost tour of the place because it was the only way we can get access. So we went on a, a small tour with a group of maybe, maybe eight, nine of us with a tour guide, I will say, I'm going to give a a plug. It was Bulldog Tours. They did a great job. I really liked our tour guide. Uh, He had some great things. One thing he said was, your ears are your best ghost detector, which I remember. And I really liked that because he said some of the realistic things you can expect on this tour, what I've personally experienced, this is him speaking, were voices, whispers, groans, uh, footsteps, Doors opening, closing, things like that. He said, you don't always see a ghost, but sometimes, you know, you'll take a photo, you'll see one or whatever. And uh, Lavinia Fisher is, there's this myth all about her that she was this 
you know, like one of the first serial killers in America ever. Her and her husband ran an inn and people would stay there and they would basically murder them and steal their money and they got caught. And when they got caught, the legend is that she wore a wedding dress to her hanging because uh, she was, well, her famous quote is, if any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now for I'll be seeing him soon. The other legend says, if any of you have a message for the devil, say it now for I shall see him in a moment. And then like a badass, she just jumped off this hanging platform with this oh, wedding dress on and killed herself. Didn't even wait for the platform no. to give way. Correct. Like she was just this, you know, crazy evil woman who was like, I'm going to marry the devil. I'm going to wear a wedding dress, whatever. And I went on this tour and I researched it because I was there and we do our research. None of that is true. Um, there's no reports of her wearing a wedding dress at all. They wouldn't have let her choose her own attire. Um, people say that her husband, she was, uh, they did own an inn and they were murdering people that visited and they were found guilty of it. And they How were, do you make money doing that? Because you just steal the people's money when they come into the uh, inn. Okay, and sense. back then it was different because they were just outside of Charleston and people would, you know, travel for like three months if you didn't R hear right, from somebody right, right. and it was a port city. What year are we talking? Did you say? So this was in 1820. They were hung and like the newspapers reported that her husband, John, uh, was very sympathetic, felt really bad. And she was basically just crying the whole time, blubbering. And then they hung her and they both died. So she wasn't this badass extreme monster. She wasn't ever even tried as, as a serial killer or for murder. They were actually hung for highway robbery. But I went on this tour expecting this tour guide to try to capitalize on this local lore or whatever. And it was actually the opposite, which is why I said I really liked Bulldog Tours. He was like, and he said, they, all of the ghost hunting shows you've ever seen have come here because it's such a famous place. And they all just perpetuate this false myth, the legend, not the truth. Um, and he actually had some great stories of him seeing a woman he thought was Lavinia. So he actually had like sympathy for her and her spirit. And he said, you know, imagine being a woman in a jail with, you know, an overcrowded jail of maybe 200 men. It must have been terrible and terrible things happened. So I really appreciated his honesty. I went in trying to be like the smart ass where I was waiting for him to say, and she wore a wedding dress. And, did, and then I was going to go, actually, sir, my studies indicate this. So. They were really cool, really legit, and it was funny to me that the ghost hunting shows that were there kind of ignored the truth and just tried to kind of cash in on that myth, as happens many times. That's a trend I've noticed, going to places, and you talk to the people who are there, and you find out what you've seen on TV is not how it went down. Exactly, which is why it's always good to do your own research on anything, and also to ask questions. Um, but he did believe that the place was haunted. He had some extreme examples. One time a girl was hit with a brick when they were in the dark giving a tour and she actually like quit and moved away. One of the other co-workers heard somebody say, get out. And that dude quit uh, and, you know, left, got out of the, the ghost tour game. There's other people, you know, saying they've been grabbed. He had several incidences of people on his tour taking photos of him. Uh, in rapid succession, so, you know, four or five in a row. And he said a lot of time a woman, not Lavinia, a different woman would be behind him. So he actually was joking around that he had like a ghostly stalker waiting for him on the other side. But cool guy, cool tour. Uh, overall, I will say nothing really happened. We didn't experience anything on our tour. It was very informative and educational, and I enjoy history, so I liked it. And it's a creepy, eerie place. A lot of bad things happen there, but... Nothing for me to report as far as uh, paranormal. But with that, I will say this, as we are going to get into skepticism and healthy skepticism, and I've probably said this before on the show, to me, it's a lot like hunting or fishing or whale watching. 
where you might go out hunting or whale watching. You're out in the boat and the other people have seen whales. Just because you go out and you don't see a whale doesn't mean whales aren't real. So I'm not going to say that the jail isn't haunted. I'm not going to make that assumption just because the one night I was there for an hour, I didn't see anything. So it could be. Um, but nothing happened when we were there. Although one interesting thing did happen, did occur, and um, we'll have my wife share that story. The Brothers Mysterio. Okay, so the tour started outside the jail in the parking lot. So he tells us the whole history of the place and then explains that we should be taking a lot of pictures inside using the flash because I guess oftentimes the ghosts or the spirits will show up in the photos afterwards either as flashes of light or as actual figures. Or like the classic orb. Exactly, right. Okay. Um, and he he told a story about, you know, he jokes around that one of the ghosts must have a crush on him because she's this woman that always appears in, in different tourist photos standing behind him um, when he's leading tours. So we go in and you can't have any, there's no lights on. So you have to have your, you know, your iPhone flashlight out. And he's leading the tour with his one flashlight. And it's this obviously really old building. So the stairs are really rickety and it's definitely really spooky. And, you know, if nothing else, I was just afraid of falling down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was sort of partially hoping to see something or hear something and, you know, just have the story, but then also a little nervous, so didn't really want to experience anything. But there are definitely people on the tour who really wanted to to have some sort of experience and would definitely, you know, hang back in their rooms before, you know, leaving and, and let everyone else leave so that they could have their alone time in the room and take all of their pictures. Like, it's okay now, ghost. You can talk to me. Exactly. Yeah. But also... Uh, they would never go in the room first. Like every time I went in a room, he'd be like, all right, does somebody want to go in? And they would like stand in the doorway and I'd always have to be the first one and say, okay, I'll go in and go in. So they were like afraid to go in, but then they'd want to linger and take photos. Yeah, I was never the first one to go in nor the last to leave. I basically didn't want to be in the rooms by myself. The tour guide did a really good job of really talking it up and telling you the whole history of it. And the stories that he told were definitely really believable and he clearly believed that these things were happening and he had these experiences. So you're thinking like any minute something's going to happen. So it was definitely, you know, a, a, an eerie feeling. And I at times wanted to just, you know, get out of there and, and keep moving. Right. Um, so at one point uh, we're in a room and he's finishing up a story and there's uh, the, the group that I mentioned earlier that was taking lots of pictures. They, um, it was two women and a man and they're taking lots of pictures. And um, so he finishes up his story and we all leave the room. And again, they're the last ones to leave the room. And then they go, guys, guys, come over here and look at this. And so they're holding out their camera and they want me. I kind of went over and I, I looked at their camera and they're showing me these pictures. And they're like, look at that. That man wasn't standing over there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, this man, this bearded man, he wasn't in, he was not standing in this corner. That is a ghost. That is definitely a ghost. And I'm like, wait, that guy? They're like, yeah, he wasn't, he definitely wasn't there. That's definitely a ghost. I was like, that's my husband. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. It was freaking me. And then I came over and looked at it. And I was like, oh, no, that's me. And they look at me and they're like, look at the camera. And they go, I don't know. And I was like, so there's a ghost wearing my clothes. <laughs> it looks exactly like me in that corner. And they're like, eh, okay, okay. But they uh, wanted to believe so bad. That they, uh, that's pretty funny. 
Yeah. And then again, at the end of the tour, we're outside and everyone's wrapped up. Everyone's heading home and they're desperately going through all their photos to try to find something. And they show the tour guide. Hey, look, look at this. There's this one photo. And then, you know, a second later, I took this other photo and here's this flash of light. And it's clearly a speck of dust. And this is where I got a little annoyed because the tour guide was like, yep, that's a spirit like trying to sort of sell them on or like let them have their story to go home with. Right, because maybe they'll take that story and go somewhere else with it. And... Oh, yeah, they were desperate. They they had to leave that, that, that jail with some kind of story. The Brothers Mysterio. So, as you could tell, those people were just sort of idiots. If you... Pardon my French. They want an experience so bad they were willing to make me the ghost when I'm next to them and they're looking at me and I'm wearing modern clothes and it makes no sense. They were so hell-bent on seeing a ghost and believed so much we had to fight them tooth and nail to have them admit that I wasn't a ghost, which is absurd. Yeah. And then later they still claim they had a different picture of a ghost, which really I didn't even see anything. They claim that there was like a mist or something, and I looked at the photo and there wasn't, uh, which led us to this thing, which is something we kind of run into a lot being in this business, as it were, this type of show, the need for healthy skepticism and realistic expectations. And I think we have healthy skepticism because we do believe things. If we didn't, we wouldn't waste our time doing this show. Um, But we're also... Logical people who like to understand, you know, the rules of science and reality do apply. You can't just claim that some dude is a ghost because you want to see a ghost. Right. Um, And that's one thing. We love getting email from people. We always tell people to send us an email, send us your thoughts on the show, send us your stories. And it's great. And even if people hate us, that's fine. I don't mind people that say I have bad jokes and I'm an idiot. I'm cool with that. What I don't like are people on either end of the spectrum. There's a big spectrum. I like to say we're in the middle. Right. To one side, you have what I call skeptic tanks. People that are so skeptical, they don't believe anything, which to me it's also like, why are you even listening to the show if you yeah. don't believe in anything? You say there's no way ghosts are real, none of this, none of that. And which is like, if you don't believe in that, that's fine, as long as you have a reason for it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, then how can so many people report similar things and these people that are like, no, you're wrong, you're stupid, your show's misleading people. You guys should take this down. You're doing a disservice. You're trying to trick people. Right, which is not true if you listen to the show, but that's how close-minded this person. People that are super close-minded. And on the other end, you have what I might hate even more, people that are way too open-minded that believe anything and everything, and you fart, and they go, that was a ghost. I know it. I know it. And you say, well, I just farted. No, you didn't. Or I say, I'm not a ghost. I'm right here. And these people go, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like these are the people... It almost reminds me of like Bigfoot hunters or something. It's like even if there were a Bigfoot or some sort of creature, a primate, the people that always come out and say, we got a video of it or it's the worst video. It's super fake. It's such a hoax that they kind of ruin the name of cryptozoology or even like we said, mediums. There's so many fake, bad, crappy mediums out there that if there is somebody out there with a real gift, it's so hard to find them because there's so many fakers and people that believe it so badly but they don't have there's nothing right going on so it like 
that ruins it for everyone basically that, that's something that came into my head actually is if down the road we did have what we would confirm as a 100 percent legitimate ghost experience people still probably wouldn't believe us i'm sure they wouldn't and some people just won't believe anything which is fine and like i mean i don't want to make it sound like we're like bitter and angry because the majority of the feedback we get is great it is good people like us and people like us because of our approach they're very it's it's minimal the people that send us emails that either say you guys are way too harsh or how could you guys not believe this and it's like at the end of the day hey if you believe it that's fine you can but it doesn't mean we have to just like if we say something if we say sleep paralysis is probably psychological you don't have to agree with our conclusion we're just putting it out there because it's our show and it's our opinions and that's the point we came to right but you can't i don't think you can really survive on either end of the spectrum you have to at least be willing and this applies for everything not just paranormal to at least entertain and think about the other side of the argument or the other point of view you know you don't have to change your mind but at least consider it think about it and say okay yeah i see your point but i still feel this because of this and that's fine as long as you consider it you have to be a little bit open-minded just like you have to have a little bit of healthy skepticism and it's almost like if i went up to somebody and was like hey man I just saw a ghost and it told me I was going to die tomorrow. Some people would say, oh, you're going to die tomorrow. That's crazy. I can't believe you did that. Ghosts are real. But if I went up to somebody and said, hey, man, if you give me 50 bucks, I can turn it into $10,000 by tomorrow. Give me the money. People would suddenly go, whoa, whoa, how, have you done this before? What do you mean? What are you going to do? Are you going to invest it? How does it work? And they ask all these questions. And there's, But some reason when it comes to the paranormal, some people are just so open and accepting right. that it almost annoys me. Yeah. And I just just want to say that I think the terms themselves, skepticism and open-mindedness, have been very badly abused over the past couple of years. Like people, people associate skepticism with saying that things aren't true. But I just wanted to clarify that skepticism is technically to suspect that something is false. To suspect, uh, whereas naysaying is flat out denying it without considering the possible merits, which is what people now equate skepticism with. And open-mindedness is considering that something could be true, whereas gullibility is believing it without looking at the facts. Indubitably. And I'll, I'll give uh, some examples right now of a few things that, uh, and well, this actually happened to me. I moved into a new apartment, and what happened is we had this closet door, and I would close it, and I would come in, and it would always be open again. And I was like, this is kind of weird, but I finally just like shut it, made sure it was super shut tight, closed it. Then we had this balcony, little uh, Juliet balcony. You can't really step out on it. And those doors would always be open, even though I closed them. And I was like, this is kind of weird. So I shut those. Then at like midnight every night, all of a sudden I would hear almost like a radio click on. And I would hear these voices very quickly and then it would be gone. And I was like, what is going on? This is, this is kind of crazy. Then we would smell cigarettes all the time. And it was just around the time we were doing phantom smells. And I was like, this is adding up to be weird. And then one night, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and to my right, I just see like a flash of light. So I turn, and there's nothing there. I'm like, that was weird. So I continue watching TV, and all of a sudden, I see in the reflection of these glass doors another flash of light. Is it the witching hour at this point? Because you said yeah. every night around midnight? It, it was just about. Okay. So I'm like, something's going on in the kitchen. So I go over to the kitchen, I stand there, and I stare at the kitchen, and I'm like, is this going to happen again or not? Lo and behold, the light above the stove flickers on and then flickers off. So I'm like, I should film this, but first I'm going to go get the wife and show her this to prove I'm not crazy. 
So I go and I'm like, hey, this light keeps flickering on and off. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's been doing that. It's like loose. We got to replace it. And I was like, oh. And all these weird things happened, but I never blew it out of proportion. And the longer I stayed there, then I realized the doors have crappy locks. There's somebody who's smoking in the building, which is why it smells like cigarettes. And people tend to smoke it. Um, like pretty regular intervals, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they did. like, let me have my same cig- time, my bedtime cigarette, you know. Uh, our neighbor, for some reason, I don't know why, has his alarm go off around midnight every night and he quickly shuts it off, which was the weird radio that would click on. I'd hear a voice. Nice. So I, I never was super scared or worried that it was haunted or anything like that. But I know a lot of people that would have immediately said, Something's going on, this place is haunted. And it's because they don't have that healthy skepticism, which I think you need in life because otherwise, Something, all of those things could add up to a creepy story, but through patience and just healthy skepticism, I was able to debunk all of them, you know, in, in maybe that happened, let's all say in the first like four days I was living there a week or two later, I was like, okay, that's what this is. That's what that is. It's annoying. This person smokes in the building and we got rid of it, um, which is why we do screen a lot of our guests and stuff. But I wonder how many times, how many of these stories are people with just no filter at all assuming that everything that happens is paranormal. Right. And like we always say, your imagination is scarier than reality. Well, <laughs> for those people in Charleston, it certainly is. That's the truth. Because it, dis- it displaces their reality. Um, now, I don't know if this is the right point to insert this, but... I don't hey, know, did, did this is another- a kind of a free-flowing discussion. I have another story I'm going to tell, but you can insert something if you want. Because All right, so what I, I really started to think of when I started to consider healthy skepticism is like the 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 ending of it is like what is the point of being a healthy skeptic as in what's also the point of being open-minded and what it comes down to i think is like what is the value of truth pretty much because that's what you're ultimately reaching towards when you think about those things correct and obviously there's there's the value of truth where like yeah you don't want to be lied to and scammed because someone could take your money or someone can uh, you know, hurt your feelings, you know, things like that. But I, I felt like there had to be a deeper value to truth than that. Like, why did you have to hunt down those uh, creepy elements in your apartment? You know what I mean? Like, what was the value of finding the truth of that? You mean, why did I do it? Well, yeah, like, what was the, what drove you to do that? Curiosity and and slight annoyance. Okay, annoyance is, is yeah. Like, I was like, why do these doors keep opening? But the curiosity is interesting because curiosity towards, like, is this paranormal? Did you think that? Well, no, but I mean, since we do the show and we're working on different things, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, like I said with the cigarettes, it was around the time I was reading a lot about phantom smells and I was like, I wonder if this could be a phantom smell, but it wasn't weird enough that I really considered the possibility uh, like if it had continued and weird things happened and I found out the dude who used to live there used to smoke all the time, who knows? But at the time I was just basically trying to figure out what are these things? Cause they're kind of annoying me and I like to know the truth. I'm naturally curious. So I was wondering them. Another example, a direct example, somebody who wanted to be on the show said they had this story. Um, and the story was as follows. So I was talking to this dude whose mother had passed away and he said he was visited by her. So I was like, okay, that could definitely be in an episode. Yeah, that's pretty, what happened? pretty good. So he says, I'm coming home very early in the morning one day, pulling in my driveway, and there's a rabbit just sitting on my lawn. And it looks at me, I look at the rabbit, and I know it was my mom. And I right. said, 
okay, what is that the is that what happened? And he said, yes. And I said, what makes you think it was your mom? He said, I just knew. And I said, do you think it was your mom like had kind of possessed this rabbit in a way, went into its or she sent the rabbit body, right? Or did she send the rabbit, or was she herself manifesting to a rabbit? He had no answer, which always kind of annoys me because you, if you believe it, you should kind of know it. Have I shouldn't know it. Have the courage of your convictions. Yeah. And then he was like, "Well, you know what? A rabbit is the Chinese symbol for sweet, sensitive, and and delicate." And I said, "How do you know that?" And he said, "Well, I googled it later." And I said, "Well, your mother's not Chinese, was she?" And he said, "No." And I yeah. said, "Was your mother into Chinese culture or something? Was she no?" And I said, did you just Google what is a ra- rabbit symbolic of? And that's what came up. And he said, yeah. To which is an example of me of, first of all, he lives near like woods. So I think that was just a rabbit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of things like this, like um, songs coming on a specific time on the radio or, or we're, you know, a butterfly goes by when you're thinking of your dead grandma. And... I think certain things can be paranormal, which are things we've discussed in the show, and other things are people wanting things to be paranormal and kind of being selectively ignorant to the fact that, like, dude, I understand that your mom passed away, but that was just a rabbit. You're trying to make it more. It was just a rabbit. But he, like, refused to hear it. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to re-record this because I don't have the information I want to hear now. But, um... David Hume, the philosopher who I had in the notes there, wrote a whole thing about how to be like a good critic of art because people always say like, oh, art's subjective. You can't really criticize it. But he said like you, you can actually because uh, people tie moments where they experience something in with their subjective feelings and it then affects that and they expect other people to have their shared history that. almost. Right. Without knowing. Yeah. Like that, that internal feeling. But, like, again, what I was saying about, like, the value of, of truth in that case. Well, I think it's more so that he wanted comfort. He liked the idea that his mom visited him. So he basically took a regular rabbit and had, in his mind, said, that's my mom. And, like, right. would not, not that I'm a dream crusher. Like, I'm not trying to steal that nice moment of comfort. But I was like, you have to sort of admit it was probably just a rabbit and he would not hear of it. Right. Um Another thing a lot of people say in our interviews and attempts to get on the show are super illogical things to me. And I talked about this here and there, something I call, you know, ghost logic or ghost motivation, or when I'm trying to coin a Tommy Mysterium term, ghostivation, which is the motivation of a ghost. Ghostivation. So I always say, like, if I died, I will not come back to you and only give a medium my birthday and your birth date, uh, it's not what I would do. That remember that generic moment we shared. That yeah, like that that wouldn't happen. Um, people have said, you know, my dear sweet grandma uh, lived upstairs, and then she passed away. And now at night, my bed is shaking, and in the middle of the night, I'll be woken up, and something's choking me. And I will say, why do you think that's your grandma? And I was like, because she died in the house. And I was why like, the hell did your grandma choke you? Exactly, it's illogical. Unless because- unless grandma did that in life. Yeah, or you 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 killed her and she's out for revenge. That could be. She's a revenant. Yes, but uh, and people, but there, these people are dead serious. And I'm like, so what? What would change? You know, just because she died, I don't think she would be, then become an evil spirit trying yeah, to kill you. That's something I, I thought about as a kid too. I remember um, when we were over at Aunt F's house and we were worried about encountering ghosts of the people that had 
died in the house that were nice people in life, why all of a sudden we assume they were going to be these monsters in the afterlife. And that goes along with the superstition that is built into the paranormal that you learn as children. Right. It's people throw out logic. They throw out, like, if I died and if you buy into the theory that my soul would live on and my personality would be the same, I would not be strangling people or, you know, why is your sweet grandma showing up in the middle of the night? Like, why don't you see her in the middle of the day when you're cooking or you're on a sunny beach and you see her and, oh, we used to go to this beach together. Like, why would ghosts, it, it makes me think of this as well. When you see a scary movie, be it a movie about ghosts or like a killer breaking into a house and then you go home, you're suddenly very scared, you're afraid, you're double-checking the locks. Every sound you hear, you're like, what is that? What is that? It's because you're in this weird mind state. When you watch a comedy, you don't leave and come out and laugh at everything that happens. It's only when you're like kind of scared. And it's the same thing with when you think of a ghost, you think it's scary. It's it's creepy. It's going to hurt me. I got to run away. So it's like, but it's even though it's your grandma or it's your wife or whatever it could be, certain people just lose sight of who that person was. And it becomes illogical. There's actually a great example of a logic story involving a grandma um, that my friend Nicole has. So when I was little, my grandmother always used to pinch my butt. Uh, it was just like this little thing that she did to all of us. Like if we were walking by, she'd take a little pinch. Uh, so about a year after she died, uh, we still would go to her house and have dinner with my grandfather, my cousins and I and stuff. So um, I was like leaning over doing something and I felt this pinch on my butt. And I turned to my cousin who was sitting on the couch and said, uh, why'd you touch me? And he looked at me like I had 10 heads and he was like, I didn't do anything. I was like, no, you just like pinched my butt. And he's like, no, I didn't touch you at all. Uh, so I like to believe that that was a piece of my grandmother, uh, you know, just telling me that she's okay. And, you know, she's with me all the time and makes me think that her presence is still with me. The Brothers Mysterio. So that's simple, not scary. You can argue maybe she didn't really get pinched on the butt. She just thought she did. But it makes perfect logical sense that her grandma, who was playful, would always pinch her butt when she was alive. Why not give her one final pinch on the tush just to say, hey, kiddo, I'm still around. That is perfect ghost evasion. And that, to me, makes sense. Fits the personality of who she was and is a, per, a, a great way for her to kind of say goodbye or just even say like, Hey, I'm here. Makes sense. I dig right. it. It's a little, yeah, it's a little more logical in that way. Now, if, if I can get philosophical for a minute here, or at least try to open up a discussion about that is the person who believes that their grandma is choking them in the middle of the night, besides simply stating they're probably wrong. Why is that a bad thing? That's that's like that. That's what I've been trying to get at, like the value of truth. Like, how does that? You know what I'm saying, or no? I don't understand at all. Them holding that false belief, and people who hold false beliefs about the paranormal or about like the world in general, besides just saying, "Oh, they're like the people in Charleston who ha who thought you were the ghost." Besides just saying, "Oh, it's it's wrong and they're misinformed." On like the grand scale, why is that a bad thing? 
besides like they, well they, i think it's bad because they're living in a delusional world where they're creating a false reality where i'm a ghost but, but, i'm alive but why but why is that bad for like you know what i mean like they just go on with their lives you'll never see them again you know what i mean well it's not bad it's just that that's it's not reality they're creating their own false reality right but that's, then what's the, what's the value of true reality is what i'm saying you know what i mean like what to because put if that you in words well because if you live in a world where you're not things aren't true then they can believe anything but if 99 percent of the world is in a, a world that's true and one percent doesn't you know what i'm saying uh, kind of. It's I like mean, what's it's, the what's the value of the truth at the end of the day? Like, if you knew the paranormal existed, or you knew the exact origins of the universe, but you couldn't tell anyone, how would that benefit you? I guess it wouldn't. I don't. I thought long and hard about it, and I kind of came up with an answer. And it's that it only works when you stretch it out to the grand scale, because that kind of thinking then translates probably to every aspect of their life. And I wrote something in my Bill Nye book here, as I was reading, uh, which is operating on false principles impedes progress. So overall, as humans, it'll well, right. slow us down. But and, I still couldn't... But that's what I was saying about these people. They think I'm a ghost. Right. Like, if you have no... It even goes back to the thing I said before about the example of, if I tell you I just saw this crazy ghost and I'm going to die and this happened, people will believe that 100%. But if I say something about, like, give me your money, I'll do this with it, then people are suddenly like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. If these people are so delusional, if I went up to them and said, hey, I'm a ghost and I need your money, would they just give me all their money? Would that, they believe anything, anybody? Or, I mean, it comes down, to, comes down to gullibility, I suppose. Right. And yeah. it's like, I mean, the whole reason we're doing this is just because we want to know the truth. So yeah. the value of truth is that I can understand what's happening. Why do all these people report these things throughout the centuries? What is really going on? What's behind the curtain, if you will? It goes back to just natural curiosity in that case is yeah. why I want to know the truth. Does it have any value? Will it change the way I live my life? Probably not. It might. Eh, it might, but I mean. I don't know. That's still an unanswered question to me. It's like, what is the, at the end of the day, like the, the, the ultimate value of truth? Besides just saying like, I know or I'm right. You know what I mean? There's more to it that I couldn't, I can't put my finger on. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people are going to believe what they want to believe. Like, we can't change their minds even if we knew the truth. If you knew the secrets of the universe and you told somebody. Right. I mean, people will bend their own logic and beliefs to fit what they want. A lot of people do that when I talk to them. And they'll say, like, oh, I'm a super Catholic. I believe in heaven and hell and nothing else. And then I'll say, well, then what is a ghost? What is purgatory? What is this? And people can't even back up their own beliefs or they'll say hypocritical things. Like, when you die, I go to heaven. Except my grandma can visit us. And it's like, oh, so you can leave heaven? Well, no. But heaven's perfect, but everything's there, but this isn't there. And it's like, oh, people yeah, don't yeah, even yeah. understand their own belief that's, system. That's the old, like, um, Socratic method. Like, it, you know, if you, you're questioning people on their beliefs to see how incompatible they really are. Right. And, like, I mean, part of the whole thing of this is that, I mean, they're all theories. There's no proven answer scientifically about any of this, or we wouldn't have a show. There right. would be no mystery or mysterium. No, it'd be an everyday accepted uh, natural condition of the planet if i can quote john keel exactly and that's the fun because there are no answers it's you know we're it's intrigue it's mystery that's why we love it uh we're entertaining people hopefully that's why they listen but we're also learning and it's like i mean i think that's the whole point it goes back to when you're a little kid and you tell campfire stories and kind of scare each other and stuff and whatever at, at even if none of it is true and we never ever see a ghost 
it is still a fun journey to go on. It's fun Absolutely, to interview yeah. people, hear these stories, debate these things. Definitely. Um, which is, I guess, at the heart of it, which is why I get kind of annoyed when hardcore, I'm going to say asshole, <laughs> skeptics are like, your show's crap. You shouldn't be doing it. It's the last thing we need is another paranormal show, which also goes to a life lesson, which is when we were starting this show, a lot of people were like hating on it and saying, why, why do that? There's so many shows. This is dumb. It's already been done. You're not going to put anything new. Um, so d- never listen to the haters. Those are usually lazy people who are miserable and trying to project it onto you because it is different because it's us. We've never done this show before. It has our own unique touch to it. Plus, we're getting real people with real stories, many of whom have never shared it before. So it is unique and it's it's cool. So, I mean, even if we don't get to the truth, I guess, just documenting our exploration, all the people we meet and all their stories is in itself rewarding. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And yeah, the thing with like why like being like the overly skeptical person is bad is that that can lead you to as many bad choices as being too open minded can, you know, being being you're, you're gullible in the other direction almost is how you can say it. Right. Or you just shut down other opinions like it's sort of like say that I loved Meatloaf the singer and I was like, Meatloaf is the greatest singer of all time. And somebody came up to you and said, oh, you should also listen to this other band. And you were like, nope. Me loves right. the best. Why would I bother? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like you're kind of screwing yourself out of all these other great bands and music and experiences because you're so locked into your own ways and stubborn. It's like even you know, like I said, you don't have to accept, you don't have to love the band, but listen to a couple songs, experience it, and then you could say, "Oh, this is cool, but this isn't for me." Right. Yeah, you're like you'll you'll rarely meet someone who who like you said is a super 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 skeptic or downright naysayer who isn't also an asshole exactly like they're they, that closed-mindedness haunts them down to the very simple aspects of their life usually and that's a that's a terrible way to live just as walking through life with beliefs that are disconnected yeah which is why another thing we always try to say is like you don't have to believe anything believe what you want to believe um but Ask questions, do your own research, don't ignore the facts, don't believe something just because we say it or an article says it or whatever. You know, it kind of, we don't like to talk about religion a lot, but it sort of, as far as the paranormal and belief systems go, it reminds me a lot of religion where I feel, this is only my own opinion, it's a very individualistic thing where you can choose to subscribe to an organized religion uh, or you can kind of pick and choose things that you believe that fit with your ideas of integrity and maybe the afterlife or how to live your life and your moral code if you want to go somewhere and share with a congregation of other people that believe the same thing you do that's great if you don't whatever and i feel like uh it's a very individualistic thing so you can believe whatever you want to believe i just want you to believe it yourself and be able to sort of back it up and support it i hate when people say i believe this and when i'm like oh cool why and then they crumble or they just get annoyed it's like i'm not trying to rip you apart i'm trying to understand your point of view right and i don't like when people have no foundation for their own beliefs you can't just say i believe this because it's what i believe because i want to that's like um my friend and i always quote this kid from grade school who had one of the the best circular quotes of all time uh he was asked why he liked the song and his answer was it's good because i like it and i like it because it's good that's deep but it really means nothing at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and an interesting thing, as we kind of discuss this, I find, as far as like realistic expectations go, and we've said this before, 
I'll reiterate, some of our best stories come from people who are like, do you have a story? Well, I got something that's not great. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I believe in, in ghosts or not or whatever. And they're, they're almost hesitant to tell it. And it ends up being a really good, intriguing story. But it's like a lot of people expect it to be a big Hollywood ghost where the bed is flipping upside down and the walls are shaking and windows are exploding. You run out of the house and say, I'm never coming back here, which it's not usually. Uh, and it's like the people that say, like some people claim that everything ever has happened to them. Where I'll say like, do you have a, you know, we're looking for alien stories. I was abducted several times. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, you know, we're also looking for ghost stories. Oh, I've seen ghosts. And I'm looking for mediums. I'm actually a medium. And it's like, wait a minute. You're, you know, I yeah, have a hard time believing yeah. that somebody's had every single paranormal experience ever to them. Right. And that the people I believe the most are the ones that are more nervous to tell it. They don't want to share their story at first. You have to pull it out of them a little bit. And they, I like when they're so freaked out telling it that they're like, I can't explain it, but this is what happened. As opposed to the people that are like, oh, no, that was my guardian angel spirit who was actually my great-grandma who – you know, jumps into my body from time to time. And, and it's like, yeah, 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 eh, yeah, yeah. you know, you might believe, I think a lot of people want to be special. So they, well, this goes exactly back to episode zero, where we discussed the reasons why people share stories. And right. The first one, which was the blatant lie or also incorporated into the, the, the self lie was that, yeah, people like to be regarded as different and special. Exactly. And there's so many people out there. That like if everybody's special, nobody's special. If you yeah. follow me, right? Which is why like the best stories, the best interviews we get are those that we kind of have to fight for a little bit and say like we have to convince them to tell it and to open up to us. As where people that are like, yeah, I'll tell you anything you need. What do you want? And it's kind of either like you're kind of lying or it's just like hard to believe you because you're abducted by aliens of ghosts and you're uh, seeing their spirits while you're astral projecting. Right. Yeah. 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 Back in time, and it's sort of like well, you got a little too much going. But then on. also, then there's that disconnect because if you want to be a true, open-minded person, and not to the point of gullibility, like I said before, just to consider things. Um, there was someone I knew in college, and one time we were hanging out in a cemetery, and she told me she could see dead people in the cemetery, like ghosts. Like at that moment, or just in general? At that moment. And she's and and I said, point to one, like where? And she said, like over there. And she pointed. There was no one there. And I, I, I maybe you just can't see ghosts. Well, it could be. Do you, but, know, do you know what they call those types of ghosts? No, Adele ghosts, because they're just saying hello from the other side. That's, huh? a, that's a popular music reference that you probably wouldn't get. Oh yeah, no, I have no idea. It's a hit song. Okay, anyway, oh. so she points, and there's nothing there. Uh, yeah, there's nothing there, and I legitimately tried to see something, you know, like I said, okay, this person is telling me this. I'm not going to, you know, immediately throw their story out. I want to, I want to know after looking around and considering it and then looking at the way this person lived their life. If they had the ability to see dead people, I, I feel like they'd be a much different person. You know what I mean? Than how they were. They so were, they're very materialistic, uh, shallow, and, Right, and, and the in the end, I came to the conclusion that this story about seeing dead people, ghosts walk around the cemetery, was more reflective of their materialistic and shallow desire to be the center of attention than it was some kind of spiritual power that had, had been denied to the rest of us. Because, like I said, if they had that ability to, to see dead people and then possibly communicate with them, who knows? I, I feel like they would have been a much different person in the long run. Would have had more respect for for life and death and and would have been living in a more 
I don't know, like would have been more of like a, 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 a stoic or a, what's the, like the more reserved. Yeah. More of a realist than a materialist. Right. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, people believe what they want to believe, but in that case, you think this person was just making it up to be Definitely. the center of attention. Definitely. That was the conclusion I came to in the end. But uh, I mean, I could have been wrong. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm going to place my bets that I was right on that one. And now here's Eric's friend, Nicole, who has a story about this type of person who comes off as a little irritating, a little too in your face, and almost a little too forced in their belief in the spiritual and paranormal. Um, I was going into a crystal shop this weekend in Nyack. The crystal shop is called, actually, no, I'm not going to say what it's called because I don't want, this person might work there. <laughs> so I went in there to check out the crystals and um, see if I liked anything. I'd heard good things about the store. And there was a girl in there that I think might work there by the way she was speaking about the owner and the place, what I was overhearing. And as she was talking to someone there, helping them out, she was standing next to this particularly large crystal, and she said, it's not what she said, it's how she said it. She was like, you know, I really haven't been really good at grounding myself recently, so like standing next to this crystal is just like, just a little too much, just too much. It's just I'm not grounded right now. It's just like way too powerful. And it, it was just this, I've heard people actually say this before, so I knew she wasn't full of shit, or she might have been, but that phrase is and that actual instance that happening is something that does happen to people it's it's a thing that's that can happen but the way she said it was so like i am so much better as a human because this is happening to me or like look at me it was loud enough for everyone to hear and it had such a tone i really hate that because i feel like people like that are what give it all a bad name it makes it hokey it makes it, you know, oh, you have to be kind of weird or different or strange to have an experience like this or tap into this. And I I kind of gravitate more towards people that are, their motive is kind of like, well, this is just life. And this is, you know, you can do this too. It's, a, it's already all here. The Brothers Mysterio. And now uh, to flip it to the other side, we've talked a lot about why it's important not to be too, too open-minded or to be uh, way too close-minded of a skeptic and how we're kind of in the middle. But one thing I will say as far as healthy skepticism goes, one thing that really annoys me is the lack of proof in modern times. Whenever anybody sends us a video or a photo or anything, it's always the worst quality you can imagine, grainy. I don't understand how uh, if it's a old-school film camera or something because I can take pictures with my camera megapixel zoom in super crisp images it's always bad crappy images and nowadays everybody has a cell phone on them all the time people can get a video of a dog crossing the street that does a backflip on top of a car and then kicks a basketball that goes through a hoop that's on an airplane and they manage to get that crazy chain of events on tape or whatever on film on video but when people see a ghost or see something happen it's so rare like i think this, the skeptic in me says that there should be way more proof with modern technology and just cell phones alone than currently exists. So that's something that always makes me wonder. 
Uh, and also I think like these TV shows that are out now, I'm not going to name any shows, but I think they sort of breed skeptics and doubters because they're so clearly faked and they just sort of muddy the waters and hurt the credi- credibility of real investigation, real phenomena that's going on. There's a lot of hoaxes out there and people that Photoshop images and whatever, obviously. But I think like the fad, which is kind of maybe a dying fad, maybe not really, of all these ghost hunting shows and stuff, it's just like so bad. When they started out, I enjoyed them. It was more about evidence and what can we find and what can we prove. And now it's more going back to even the Charleston jail. It's more about legends and lore and ratings. And, you know, I feel like these shows are sort of just ruining it for everybody, much like fake mediums and anything else. It's sort of polluting uh, the minds of people to being open to this or making people way too open that they believe anything that's a common occurrence as being something paranormal. It's almost harder for people to judge. David Hume said, you know, uh, a wise man proportions his belief to the evidence. I mean, there should always be like a proportion or a reasonable distance between what is observable and how you then base your beliefs off of that. Indeed. Uh, another thing I like to consider is, which is interesting, is the scientific method, which I was trying to apply this to paranormal phenomena, and you really can't do it. Because the kind of first part of it is repetition to test. When you have something scientific that you can do, you can do it over and over and over and recreate these occurrences in a lab, which is a successful test. With paranormal events, they're, they're one of a kind. They can't be repeated. If they could, we would obviously go to one of these haunted places like the old Charleston jail, stand at the top of the stairs, say, Lavinia, are you here? And she would appear. It just doesn't work that way, which is why we talk to people that have had firsthand experiences because we can't just make one happen. There's not something you could do to guarantee a result every single time. The other part of the scientific method is anybody can follow the steps correctly and get that same result. Uh, and it seems certain people only have paranormal experiences. You know, certain people maybe are more in tune to it. We've kind of debated this back and forth. Why do these people get these messages? What makes these people, you know, are they more open-minded? Are they less skeptic? Whatever it might be. Uh, Not just anybody can go to a haunted house and see a ghost. Not to mention it's it's hard to recreate these types of things in a lab. Um, And the other problem too, I think, is like science is boring and people... They want instant gratification, especially in modern times. So, you know, to get proof is more fun when finding a ghost versus like doing all the research and studying and the complexities of science and nature and biology and cells and energy and how it works. I feel like people like to go out, take a picture and go, oh, look at this There's a ghost in this because it's easy. It's fun. It's dumb. It's like an EVP. You can go out, record it. You'll hear a and then you can basically say that's somebody saying get out of here or whatever you want it to be. So I feel like nobody really applies real hard science to anything, um, which is annoying because maybe science can kind of help and get some answers. And I know people have different tools like, you know, we, people do use cameras and thermal cameras and night vision cameras and photography and EVPs and all different types of EMF detectors and energy fields and whatever they're doing, even thermometers to get cold spots and stuff. But There's never been, as far as I'm aware, a real hardcore science investigation into this, which is kind of annoying. And uh, again, the skeptic in me wishes that more people used more science as opposed to it always sort of, it goes back to the old saying of like, 
if aliens are real and they're super intelligent, why do they only abduct, you know, these like backwoods people that pop up on TV like, yeah, I got abducted. And it's never, you know, why aren't they going for this, the scientists or the smart people or the, not to say that people in the backwoods aren't smart, but or, you know, why is it always the same people that are doing these crappy Bigfoot hoaxes are not the type of people with credibility, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I wish there's a little more credibility with everything and especially all the photos, all the proof, none of it really holds up or very little of it does to my own analysis. It's also interesting because people do believe and trust in science and people like believe in the material world and a lot of people believe in the spiritual world, but they never really like to think about the two worlds merging. No, that's a very... Which is why people would be like, I mean, even on the show, we've had people that are doctors or scientists, laboratory people, whatever, who have these experiences and people will be like, but you, how can you work in that field? But you believe in ghosts. How can you do this? And it's like almost like the separation of church and state. It's interesting that for some reason it's like taboo to bring science into your spiritual beliefs when maybe they could work well together and support it. Maybe it'll give you even more proof, but people just don't like to do it. And that, that falls into like Karl Popper had the theory of like falsifiability. And then for something to be considered scientific, there has to be an imaginable or measurable counter case. It's almost like you, you, the old you can't prove a negative kind of thing. Right. So that's a lot of people that's where they 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 sign off that's where they check out you know yeah it's really it's it's interesting and there's not a lot of data there's not a lot of things you can rely on according to the book paranormal america women are more likely than men to believe in ghosts poltergeists and hauntings while single white men are more likely to believe in ufos what does that say about society i don't know but it's you get these kind of random weird facts but there's never any real hard evidence to prove that like UFOs exists or ghosts or poltergeists or hauntings exist, but you can get the stats. It's like, uh, there's another stat. I think it's one fourth of Americans believe in the paranormal while one third of Europeans do. And it's like, what makes them, are they more open-minded? I don't understand. I don't know. Their, their country's a lot older. Their, well, their countries are much older. So there's more, so so there's there's more, more ghosts. Chance? There's more ghosts. Come on. So Claire Wilson, the medical features editor for New Scientist magazine, argues that believers in the paranormal may actually just be more tuned into their surroundings, particularly to subconscious stimuli, than their non-believing peers are. Experiments have revealed that people who self-identify as believers in the paranormal phenomena also score higher on tests designed to measure sensitivity to subconscious sensory input. And the quote is, the better you are at tuning into your subconscious, the more likely you are to believe in the paranormal. Subconscious sensory input meaning what exactly? Like frequencies that can't be heard with the human ear? Things like that? Uh, I would say not necessarily sounds, but more of subconscious cues, things you pick up here and there. And they accurately pick them up or they just acknowledge that they're well, there? they more accurately will pick them up. Okay, okay. So if someone's on the phone in the background talking about something and then some, you know, maybe they'll have a dream about it. It's that they've picked up on that as where other people have more of tunnel vision. Their subconscious isn't picking up all the different stimuli and things around them. Hmm. Which so I guess in a way it is sound, maybe not a super high pitch frequency, but all the data out there, they kind of take it in and process it more. Right. Which could lead to something. It could lead to nothing. 
Okay, so is she saying that they misinterpret stimuli as the paranormal? No, or, she's saying that they pick up on subconscious stimuli as better. a separate thing. Like I believe in the paranormal, and I pick up on subconscious stimuli better than people who don't. Not, but they pick up on subconscious stimuli and translate that into the paranormal. No, okay, and it's they're not saying I believe in the paranormal and I pick up. They are proven to pick up on subconscious stimuli better, better, and they self-identify as believers. Hmm. Which was like so. The result was that they picked up on the subconscious better than they did without realizing it. Okay, the thought just came back to me, and I forgot exactly how it fits in. But somehow, the, what we had talked about in previous episodes, and what you said in sleep paralysis, actually about um, different cultures, right? Different, if, yeah, phenomena. If, if beliefs, if there really is a supernatural world, almost like what you were just saying earlier too, about like the people who believe in everything, like aliens, ghosts, gypsies, Satanists. Like, <laughs> gypsies are real. Shit. Edit that out. Uh, people who believe in everything from, you know, like, like ghosts to Satan, to angels, to Mothman, to Bigfoot, to whatever else, you know? Right. Um, at some point, there has to be a definable line. You know what I mean? That's what we're trying to find. If the supernatural does exist it it would at some point stop being the supernatural and would be the natural and then would function as under the same definitions and limitations as everything else in the world does exactly but the point is until we know that no one i mean ghosts may or may not exist we'll never know that's why i like the matrix theory they did a great job explaining that stuff in that movie where there were glitches in the matrix yeah look see those birds at some point a program was written to govern them a program was written to watch over the trees and the wind, sunrise and sunset. There are programs running all over the place. The ones doing their job, doing what they were meant to do, are invisible. You'd never even know they were here. But the other ones, well, you hear about them all the time. I've never heard of them. Of course you have. Every time you've heard someone say they saw a ghost or an angel, Every story you've ever heard about vampires, werewolves, or aliens is the system assimilating some program that's doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Programs hacking programs. Yeah, there's so many, I mean, there's so many different things, like the stone tape theory and time loops are something that really intrigues me. And like, one interesting thing is like space can bend. Light can bend, right, right. so can time bend? And one quote, Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen says, there is no future, there is no past. Do you see? Time is simultaneous, an intricately structured jewel that humans insist on viewing one edge at a time when the whole design is visible in every facet. And it's like, that is, I think, the perfect merger of paranormal and science. It's been proven. Light can bend. Space can bend. It hasn't been proven that time can bend, but what if it can? What if he, ghosts are these, is the stone tape theory? Here's an interesting thought, though, and I may now be getting too far into radical skepticism, but going back to what you were saying before about um, if I were to say I, I saw a ghost, you may say, oh, wow, ghosts, yeah, definitely. But if I were to say, hey, you need to loan me this money so I can double it, you would start asking questions. Uh, like the whole space bending that's something we really accept on faith, more or less. You know what I mean? 
scientists have interpreted that and told us about it, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm being yeah. like a radical skeptic here. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I'm sure that they, if you wanted to go and break down all the mathematics behind it and stuff, it holds up. And I'm going to have a uh, a Cartesian crisis on my hands tonight. Well, start brushing up on your quantum mechanics, and uh, yeah, maybe we can get a scientist on the show. Uh, yeah, there's something I kind of wrote up as I was thinking about this as a as a kind of closing thought, which is uh, I don't know if I should read say it as if I'm not reading it or if I should read it. Uh, why don't you just read it? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I wrote this. It says, healthy skepticism is really the same thing as true open-mindedness because it's really just critical thinking and assessing from a mostly unbiased point of view, which considers possibilities and impossibilities equally. This is good because it arms one with more exacting and sharper tools for assessing reality from a less biased and subjective point of view. One who does this may come to doubt something in the end, but if it's based on a broader spectrum of consideration the closer this doubt will likely be to actuality and truth in the long run. This type of person is also more credible. That is very true. Uh, and as we are coming to a close, I'm just going to rattle off a few points, a few things that have been in my own head. Uh, like, ghosts may exist. I can't say they do or don't. But I'm always intrigued because so many people have so many similar accounts and if ghosts, if you're going to adhere to the, the theory that's pretty popular, that ghosts are energy and energy never dies, it hangs around, uh, you know, it must go somewhere, but where does it go? Other questions I have that I've never really been satisfied with are, why are some people ghosts and some not? What what makes somebody become a ghost? Because some people say, it's a sudden tragic end to your life, but then there are examples of other people where, you know, your grandma died peacefully in her sleep, but you still see her. Um once again, I'm always all about ghostivation, the motives, the logic behind ghosts. Sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't. And I just want to recap that at the end of the day, it's all just theories. It's all just conjectures. There isn't, it's not two plus two equals four. There's no right answer to this. The whole point of this show, the whole point of you talking with your friends about it, it's fun, it's mysterious, it's intriguing. In the end, we're not trying to change anybody's mind. That's not the point of our show. Uh, we're just discussing it. We're exploring it. We're bringing you along for the journey as we explore things. So continue to email us. Give us your points of view, your thoughts, whether you agree or disagree. We love hearing it. And uh, one final great quote that I just kind of want to end with when it comes to healthy skepticism and realistic expectations of what a ghost might be or what a haunting is. And I feel like we've established that pretty well in this episode with the testimonials of people and our, right. our own discussion. Uh and we do think it's important, we're in agreement, it's important to have healthy skepticism in anything in life, including the paranormal. Yeah, always ask questions. Um, but in the, in, in the end of the day, I think this quote kind of sums it up. People don't need the right answer, they just need an answer. So whether you believe, you don't believe, whatever's true, what isn't true, at the end of the day, people just kind of want an answer. They'll cling to whatever that is. So we hope you continue listening. Enjoy the rest of season two as we try to find an answer that hopefully is a truthful one. If I could just piggyback on your quote too, actually. Shit, that was yeah. a great out. Man. It was. But we can edit it. So it also reminds me of a quote from Claude Levi Strauss, uh, who said, uh, "It's I may be messing this up slightly, but the wise man doesn't have the right answers. He only asks the right questions." That's a great quote. And uh, one other quote I'll throw out from the Buddha. Believe nothing, no matter where you read it or who said it, no matter if I have said it 
unless it agrees with your own reason and your own common sense, which I think is good because as we always say, as we've said many times in this episode particularly, you've got to make sure it fits in with what you believe and what you know to be true. Don't throw out the facts. Don't believe anything just because someone else says it. Take it in, ingest it, kick it around in your own head, and then come to a decision. But as we've said, it's important always to be open-minded, always ask questions, and look at everything from every angle before you make a conclusion. And you can quote me on that. The Brothers. Mysterious.